You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I'm your host, Stephanie O'Day. What if I told you that you could truly have the life of your dreams, the life you've always wanted, one filled with abundance, joy, and a sense of purpose? It's absolutely possible, and I see it each and every day with my coaching clients. It all starts with learning how to slow down. You deserve to live the life you've always dreamt about. Let's get started. Hi there, Slow Down Society. Steph here. And before we launch in today's episode, episode number 85, I want to provide a tiny bit of a trigger warning. In this episode, I am discussing someone who took her own life. And so if talking about suicide, suicide ideation, anything along that realm is triggering to you, then just wait. Don't listen. If you're hearing my words and you're in the car and you're uh, driving little ones around and you don't think this is the best thing to listen to, then don't. That's fine. There's plenty of other things that you can turn to. So I just want to make sure that you are first and foremost warned before you dive into today's episode. As always, I think you're amazing and wonderful. Consider yourself loved and hugged. You are listening to the Slow Living Podcast, and I am your host, Stephanie O'Day. Good morning, good morning, good morning. Well, maybe it's not (laughs) morning when you're listening, but I am recording this bright and early. My clock on the edge of the computer says 4.33 a.m. I've told you before, and I'm going to tell you again, that I am an early riser. I get up early in the morning because that is me time. And that is what feeds me and feeds my soul. It may not work for you, and that is okay. I've been playing around lately with this acronym for SLOW, and I've been using it with my one-on-one coaching clients. And the acronym is Simply Look Only Within. And the idea of that is you can get all of this advice from me, from others, from your mother-in-law, from your parents, from the lady down the street, from your, your group at church. You can get all of these great ideas, advice, how to, but you have to filter it and you have to figure out what works for you. And when you slow down and when you look within and when you start asking yourself really good questions, really deep questions, questions, and then just be quiet. Let the void fill. It's filling with your subconscious. It's filling with the voice of God. It's filling with the voice of the universe. It's filling with whatever it is that rings true to you. Those are the nudges. Those are the quiet thoughts. Those are the inklings of, huh, you know what? That is a good idea. That's the path. That's where you need to follow and that's where you need to go. So for me, getting up at the butt crack of dawn while everyone else is in the house is super quiet and snorry, including Sheldon is in the next room tucked into his crate and he absolutely does have a fuzzy blanket that we tuck around him each and every night. That's me time. That's when I'm most creative. That's when I feel fully alive. In order to make it work, yes, last night, 
totally told the house, I'm going to bed. And it was about 8.15. And I am able to do that because my kids are older. They're self-sufficient. It's all okay. Adam was watching basketball downstairs because I guess it's really big basketball season. So everybody was fine. I was able to serve my own needs. And that's what works for me in this age and stage that I'm in. So that's my advice. Does that mean you have to do it letter by letter, checklist by checklist? No. Slow down. Simply look only within and filter it out and figure out what works for you. I was not planning on recording this morning. I have a call scheduled at 6 a.m. and a podcast interview um, with my friend Sandy Cooper, and Sandy does the Balanced MomCast podcast, and um, I'm really looking forward to talking to her, and I will talk to her in a little bit. But I turned on the computer this morning, and I got a bit of kind of devastating news and I'm still processing it, but I had so many thoughts that I thought the best thing to do is to record them and share them and hopefully help you in some way. And the devastating news that I received and got was that Heather Armstrong has passed away. And Heather Armstrong is known on the internet as Deuce. And in many ways, she is the queen of the mom bloggers. She ended up on Forbes magazine, I think, uh, the, the I don't know, the, the top mommy blogger. And at one point, she was in their 30 under 30 um, fortune or I don't know. Anyway, super famous. And, and famous is in quotes because it's internet famous. Um, and the internet is this tiny playing field, which absolutely has grown massively. We're recording this in 2023. I started following Deuce in 2006, 2007. Uh, And I was home with my kids. And I was home because my middle daughter at age 22 months was diagnosed with celiac. And I needed to quit my job where I was running um, preschool centers for um, for children with... um, They didn't have special needs, but their needs were special in that they were kind of in social services. One of the centers that I ran was housed within a homeless shelter. So I have a lot of background in child development, child psychology, um, dealing with childhood trauma and how to kind of navigate that and nurture that. And we were taught... Uh, through the Department of Social Services that I worked with, which was called the Family Service Agency, um, that every parent at every time in every instance is doing the best that they can at any given moment. So just think about that. So so just think about that. And and I had I had some pretty traumatic things that I saw. Um, that these children dealt with. I I did many, many CPS reports, um, and some of them were were absolutely heartbreaking, heartbreaking. Um, I'm I'm not actually going to, to share with you out loud some of the things that I've seen because I don't want to pass the the trauma and and the kind of 
PTSD that I have from filing some of these reports on to you. So I'm going to spare you that because it doesn't seem fair in any way. And I love you and I think you're great. So I'm not going to do that. Um, but the reason I'm sharing it is we once were in a staff meeting and we were dealing with, um, with a family who had some pretty severe alcoholism and my, um, director at the time, uh, told me, you know, these parents are just doing the best that I can. And I was young and I was naive and, and said, how is that even possible? They're, they're drunk all the time. They, they, they're not caring for their kids properly. Um, how can they possibly be doing the best that they can? So, so this is where the bit of the divide goes. The, the person in question, the parent in question is doing the best that that parent can. That is not the best for the child. That is not in the best interest of the child. If you're listening to me and you self-identify as a caregiver, as a caretaker, as a parent, first and foremost, you are not that person. You already have the filter of trying to be the best parent you can be, of trying to be the best caretaker that you can be. And sometimes you go a little bit off the deep end and you go a little type A perfectionist and that's okay. Been there, done that, love you for it. And that's why you're scrolling Pinterest for fancy bento box lunch ideas and, and trying to get your house to look Instagram worthy. So, so that's you trying to be the best of the best of the best parent in order to be the best parent for your child. There's that. And then there's what my boss at uh, social services was talking about is an alcoholic parent, a parent who is struggling, is just trying to do their very best. And sometimes their very best in order to quiet out the noise and the demons in their head, it's to numb it out um, by getting drunk or by using drugs or by doing what they think the best thing is because they're really, truly having an insanely difficult time. And the best thing they can do right that very second is to numb it out, is it, it, to go dark, to, to quiet the noise and the demons in their head. So all of that to say is, is that was my early 20s of of living in that kind of social services world and then knowing these things and then being launched into being a new mom and wanting to be the absolute best mom that I possibly could be. And I spent a lot of time reading mom blogs and fell in love with this amazing, very tight-knit community at the time where we read each other's blogs, we commented on them, and we felt as if we knew the people in real life, like really, really knew them. As going to blogging conferences, there's a lot of squealing and shrieking and hugging and, and just happy to meet the people in real life. Um, Sandy Cooper, who I mentioned a second ago, she was on my podcast and I interviewed her. The sound is not the best because what happens is when I get excited, 
<laughs> is I move around and I, and I forget that I'm actually performing and doing a podcast interview. So my sound goes in and out because I'm trying to interact with her on Zoom and I'm so excited. But I did interview Sandy and so you can hear her voice on episode 34. Um, so Sandy Cooper, and then she's written an amazing book called Mom, You're Amazing. So she has dealt with personal trauma. Um, her son died. Her son died when she was nine months, when, when the baby was nine months old, Noah. And she has written about that extensively and has sort of processed her trauma and her grief through the blog in, in a very um, comforting way, in a very thoughtful way. She has always written in a way that shares her vulnerability, but also in a way where she can sort of straddle the line and, and white walk the, the tightrope of not oversharing and not really dumping too much of her trauma out on the reader. And so the reason I'm talking about this today is because Deuce has died. And, and Deuce is Heather Armstrong. And she was the queen of the mommy bloggers. And she is who really sort of pushed a lot of us at the time into feeling as if, if she could do it, we could do it too. And I saw a lot of what she did and the, the sharing of the poop stories and, and pictures of the kids on the toilet and the potty training adventures. And because of that, I made different decisions and I decided on purpose not to do some of the things that she had done. But I think without her having sort of paved the path for many women writers online, we wouldn't have been paid for our work right away. And there wouldn't have been this sort of hungry, just atmosphere and, and playground for, for young mom women writers on the internet for advertisers. And um, I absolutely benefited from her. Um, the year of crockpotting website started in 2008. And by the end of that year, um, Sision, which I guess is a big PR company, um, declared that that year of crockpotting, year of slow cooking, it ended up needing to change to year of slow cooking because crockpot is a registered trademark. And I'm most certainly... <laughs> not someone who has a team of lawyers who can fight that. So it shifted to a year of slow cooking. Um, but that little tiny baby website that I built with no money down, many in many ways, thanks to Deuce, thanks to Heather Armstrong, um, attracted a lot of advertisers, a lot of page views. At one point, it was getting over 2 million page views a month. And that translated into $1,000 a day in ad revenue. And Sision voted that the number three recipe site food blog in 2020 in 2012. So four years after it started, which is fantastic and and wonderful. And and the money that came in, we shoveled it aside. I've talked to you before that I am a, a huge proponent of early retirement because I like to stay home with my kids. 
I'm essentially a pretty gosh darn lazy person. And so the idea of early retirement where I can goof around all day and garden and go for long walks with Sheldon and dig in the dirt for worms and and go on the beach, all of those things really feeds my soul, which is essentially why mom blogging in the beginning was just so attractive to me because I got to stay home with my kids. I got to be home with my babies. Yes, I was writing, but I was home. I was physically here. If my kids were sick, I was able to be with them and cuddle with them on the couch. And um, I loved every bitty bit of it. I, I wouldn't have changed anything about it. But there's a lot of stuff that you need to work through. And when you're a new parent and many um, suffer from postpartum depression. So Sandy Cooper, who wrote Mom, You're Amazing, um, she absolutely had postpartum depression and worked that out through her site. And so did Heather, so did Deuce. And that's really how she became so famous. She ended up being institutionalized for depression and for um, postpartum psychosis and wrote about that openly on her website. And because of it, helped so many, so many people. And it's such a, a huge gift and it sucks. And one of the reasons I'm recording this this morning is it was really startling to me to open the internet today and find out that she died. And she died of, of relapsing and going into alcoholism because she wasn't taking care of herself properly. I get a lot of questions sometimes of what's the difference between therapy and coaching. And, and coaching is taking you where you are right now, right here, and getting you to where you want to be. But if you haven't cleaned up your past, if you haven't figured out why you're where you are, and if where you are isn't working for you, and you're feeling anxious constantly, if you're feeling depressed, if you're feeling blah, if you're feeling like you just can't do one more thing and that you're drowning, then then you need help. And, and coaching isn't the right step at that time. Coaching is for when you have already cleaned up your past and um, you're strong and you're secure and you're stable and you've dealt with childhood trauma and you've dealt with, with past things, you've dealt with the postpartum depression, then coaching can help get you to where you want to be. I've recorded um, some episodes in the past that might be of help, so I'm just going to name them for you um, right now. And then I want to read a little bit from my mommy blogging book um, and, and just sort of share how I decided to go a different route and, and not overshare my family on the internet the way some of um, the, 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 the founders <laughs> of mommy blogging, including Heather Armstrong Deuce, have done. So some help, and I'll read these numbers in order. So if you're taking notes, um, 16, um, matching your identity with integrity. Um, 33, and, th- and these are all my episodes. This is the Slow Living um, podcast, and you can go back in and find the notes on these. I'm a little behind in the notes. Um, I batch uh, <laughs> upload them to the site, but but they're all in there. So, um, okay. So 16, matching your identity with integrity. 33, dealing with 
your childhood trauma. And in this, I'm talking about everyday childhood trauma. So I share about um, the, the, the effect that I had on um, learning about the Night Stalker at a young age and how that affected my sleep and was traumatic. Um, the San Francisco earthquake, how that affected me. Because regardless of how you were brought up, and I was brought up in an amazing household with parents that are still together. They're they're loving, they're wonderful. Um, I'm close with with my brother and he, he and I are, are the siblings together and we do have different memories of our childhood. But if you look back, there's different pivotal moments in even the healthiest childhood that have some, some kind of linings of trauma. And you'll, you need to kind of deal with that and, and come to a, a confident place in knowing that you've dealt with it in order to then be the best parent you can be and, and be the, what your child needs. So we talked earlier about being, about doing what's right for the parent versus what's doing right for the child. If you are perfectly healthy, you are doing both simultaneously. You are meeting your needs and your child's needs fully, completely. And if you don't think in a really strong, honest way you're doing that right now, then, then this is your, your wake-up call. I want you to call your doctor. I want you to get some help. I want you to know that you are not alone and there is help out there because I don't want you to be suffering in any which way. Uh, 34. So episode 34 is my interview with Sandy Cooper. Um, 44, ignoring influencers. So, and that, and that's a big one. Um, the, the stuff you see on the internet, the, the shiny Instagram reels, all those things is branding. That is not real life in many ways. And I'm going to read you an excerpt from my mommy blogger book to kind of share what I mean about that. Um, episode number 58, Sober Curious. This is a big one. If you have demons, if you have unresolved trauma, if you are not feeling your best and you think you might be numbing out by alcohol or, or, or by weed or by edibles or something and, and you're not fully there, I want you to listen to that episode and see if any of this makes sense to you. This doesn't mean that you need to give up alcohol for the rest of your life forever and ever. Um, no, just be curious. Ask yourself some questions. Um, we had a, another recent death in the kind of interwebs intersphere in the last few weeks, and um, that's Dave Hollis. So Dave Hollis was married to Rachel Hollis, and Rachel Hollis wrote Girl, Wash Your Face. And she, again, in 2007, started a mom blog and a recipe site. And then she sort of uh, launched a career on stage and doing things. Well, she and her husband, who who did divorce, they at one point were giving um, marriage advice uh, in in the crux of their their marriage crumbling. So again, go back and and match your identity with integrity and ignore influencers. But but Dave Hollis, he he died. He died of a fentanyl overdose, um, not on purpose. 
his um, his cocaine that he was self-medicating with was laced with fentanyl. Um, and he, I think, was 47 also. So he and Deuce were the same age. They both died at 47. Um, it's a big thing. If you are not paying attention to your mental health and you are numbing and, and you are trying to quiet your anxiety and your feelings of inadequacy in an unhealthy way, please, please reach out for help. Um, and then 79, Imperfect Parenting. And that's an interview that I did. Let me find the, let me find the book. That's an interview that I did with Meredith Ethington. And Meredith Ethington, um, the book that she wrote is called The Mother Load, Surviving the Daily Grind Without Losing Your Ever-Loving Mind. And she um, she writes about postpartum depression and parenting anxiety and depression and, and being diagnosed with clinical depression um, in this book and on her website, Imperfect Parenting. And it's interesting because I read the book um, and I didn't resonate all that much with some of the essays um, because I I personally haven't had that. I love, <laughs> I, I, I am, am really a natural born caretaker and caregiver and mother. And if you gave me all the babies and all the puppies and all the kittens, I'm happy to sit on the couch and nurture all day long. And that fills my bucket and, and, that is me, and that's not the right way or the wrong way or any which way. That just happens to be me. Remember, when you're slow, you're simply looking only within. And so reading Meredith's book, which I highly recommend everyone read, called, um, I'm going to pitch it one more time, The Motherload, Surviving the Daily Grind Without Losing Your Ever-Loving Mind. You've got to know that if you hear yourself or see yourself in some of these essays, you, you, you need to talk to your doctor. There's something going on that, that needs to get shifted. Um, and maybe you don't resonate with them the way that I didn't particularly resonate with them, but it can help you. Help your friend, help your sister, help your coworker. That is important and, and something to pay attention to. Okay, back to mommy blogging. Super big passion of mine. I love every bit of it. I love the life that it has helped carve out for me and for my family. Um, because of it, we're living in this house. We're living in this neighborhood. I get to talk to you. at. Uh, we're now at 4.58 in the morning in my fuzzy slippers and jammy pants. And I'm just so fortunate. And if you have the idea that you want to start writing online, one, I think you should go for it. But two, don't simply model what someone else has done um, because then your identity isn't matched with your integrity. You're following someone else's playbook. Take all the advice, take all the checklists, take all of the noise and the nonsense, filter it, and do what's right for you. I'm going to read an excerpt of the mommy blogger next door 
AKA how I became the Crock-Pot Lady. So there, it, this is self-published. It's on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. You can get a softback paper book, a paperback um, copy. It's a short book. But I, um, I got a lot of feedback about it because it's honest. And, um, and I've always joked with friends that the best way to sell a whole bunch of books and make a whole bunch of money is to write a get rich quick book on do this exactly this way. And you too will have, uh, a charmed life, a, a rich life. And, um, and the best way to make a whole bunch of money writing a book is to write a book on how to get rich quick by writing a book. Um, so, so, so anyway, it's for sale. It's $10 and it's on my website too, stephanieoday.com. Um, if you have any questions about mom blogging, reach out to me. I'm a real person. Um, I can point you in the right direction. If you have this idea that you want to start an online business and want to start doing some things and, and want coaching on that, I am absolutely um, happy and willing and able to to coach you through filtering out the noise and the nonsense to help you meet your goals. Because um, that is truly what this is all about and what slow living is all about. It's figuring out where it is you want to go and then taking teeny, tiny baby steps each and every day towards your dream life. For me at the time, when I started the Crockpot site, I was because I wanted to make a legitimate income while staying home with my kids. That was it. That's all I'm trying to do. That was all I was trying to do. I wanted to make money while staying home with my kids. And mommy blogging, for me, was the avenue in order to do it. Now, where I am here, my idea is early retirement. So that is where my GPS is pointed is early retirement. Again, because I want to stay home with my babies, <laughs> which is so silly, but I think it sort of encapsulates me in that at my core, I'm a bit of an introvert and I'm totally lazy. I am a-okay doing hardly anything but puttering around the house and hugging on Sheldon each and every day. So that's me. You decide what's good for you. Okay. So this is an excerpt from The Mommy Blogger Next Door, a.k.a. How I Became the Crockpot Lady. So this is talking about creating your voice, which is a.k.a. your personal brand. And if you are starting an online business, if you're putting things on social media, if you are writing on the internet, you are no longer you as a human. You are sort of a brand. Your, your voice online is a brand. And, and that's um, just how it is. You're, you're not, you're no longer 3d. You're no longer 4d. You are flat on a computer screen and people are perceiving you a certain way. And that is really something to pay attention to because you need to code switch back and forth between you as a human, you as a full fledged person, and then what others are seeing you as. Okay. This is me reading now. Your voice is how you appear to your readers when they hear you in your head, when they read your work. If you are self-publishing to the internet via a blog, through comments on a blog, or through interaction on a message board, you are creating a public persona that other people will begin to recognize when they read your name in your internet handle. 
Your internet voice is not who you are. It's how others perceive you. Some people call this your personal brand. I understand this sentiment and why experts in social media use that term brand. But when you're first starting out, it can be confusing for writers and bloggers to consider themselves a brand. And that's understandable. You're not Coke, nor are you Nike. You are you. That said, you need to streamline who you are when you write or self-publish online so your thoughts, ideas, and message are consistent throughout all your interactions. You need to choose this voice, this persona, very carefully because unlike a phone call or a face-to-face meeting, what you put on the internet will follow you around forever. Even if you think something has been deleted, you have no idea who has copied and pasted your words or kept your email, your tweet, or your Gmail chat from being deleted on their end. This doesn't mean that you can't be genuine, and it doesn't mean that you can't share your opinion, but you need to be prepared for your words to come back to you. Okay, so am I telling you to lie? So this is the the headline. Are you telling me to lie, to not be myself? Oh gosh, no. Instead, I'm asking you to treat your online writing as a professional would. Once you've chosen what you're going to write about on your site, stick to it. If you decide to write about where to score the best children's clothing deals, it probably wouldn't be appropriate for you to chime in on Twitter about whether or not you agree with the current White House administration's stance on firearms. This is not who you are when you are online. It might be a topic that you feel quite passionately about when you're sitting along the sitting on the couch with a glass of wine with your husband or your best girlfriend, but don't make the mistake of entering into a political debate online unless the topic directly aligns to your own personal internet brand. Does that make sense? There's no need to share every last detail of every single thought that passes through your brain with your online audience. Don't start a blog post with, oh my God, I'm so drunk, but this is so funny. I just have to tell you this one thing. Unless it's okay with a future employer or a potential blog sponsor looking at it in a boardroom blown up on a large screen during a PowerPoint presentation. If your story is dop- oh, excuse me, if your story is drop dead funny, it will still be funny in the morning. And just between you and me, stay away <laughs> from Facebook and Twitter anytime <laughs> sorry, I'm cracking myself up. Between you and me, nothing good ever happens on the internet after about 9 p.m. Pacific time. Stay away from Facebook and Twitter, and you most certainly should stay awake if you've been drinking. Friends don't let friends drunk tweet. Okay. And then how much is too much? This is a personal question and one you'll have to answer for yourself before you begin writing online. Are you going to use your real name, your last name? Are you going to post pictures of yourself, your children, your spouse? Are you going to share intimate details about your relationship? Discuss interactions you have with real-life people and friends and acquaintances. Are you going to share your opinions on controversial subjects, politics, religion, mommy and parenting war topics? I decided when I scrawled out my business plan that I was not going to ever post my kids' names or their photos. 
I promised to not use my friends' names without their permission, and I would only speak about my husband in a positive way. Deciding to not post pictures of my kids was easy for me, but it's not so cut and dry for many. It's a personal decision, and I don't judge anyone who decides differently. Much of my daily reading is on personal blogs, and I love looking at cute kids, but I just knew it wasn't for me. I also knew that I didn't want to write about my day-to-day life in such a way that it might embarrass my family or friends. I've known many people online through these past 15 years who have regretted oversharing online. Some of my online acquaintances have lost jobs, friends, spouses, and a few have had their children kicked out of school solely because of what they said on their blogs. If you aren't comfortable yelling it from the rooftop of your own house, whatever it is you're about to post online, don't do it. Keep it to yourself. And so that's really kind of the takeaway here, especially if you're going to start an online business. And when I wrote my site, Facebook really wasn't a huge thing. It was... um, It was for college-age kids, and you had to have a college um, EDU account in order to use it. And and since then, that has morphed into Instagram, um, Snapchat, TikTok, all these things. I still have never used my kids' names out loud on uh, on this podcast, in any of my writing, in any of my books. Um, Two of them are full-fledged adults. Um, I could tag them if I wanted to, but I'm not going to. They get to decide what their internet footprint is, not me. And, and that's a choice that I've made, and I'm great with it. Some of my friends have their children um, actually on their payroll, and they have them um, considered a, a modeling contract. And so they can use their children as a deduction, as, a, as an ex- business expense for their site and for their brand. Um I know I could go that route if I wanted to, but it's just not something I'm interested in. And so it's not something I have done. So again, filter. There's no right way. There's no wrong way. Simply look only within. You decide what's right for you. But I wanted to post this today. I wanted to share this today. I wanted to record this because I'm sad. And I'm sad that someone that I met and knew a long time ago and who sort of gave me permission in a way to start an online site and get paid for it has died. Um, And so just take care of yourself and really slow down and, and figure out if the trajectory you're on is the right one for you. And if you're spiraling out of control, hit the pause button and seek help. As always, I think you're amazing and lovely and wonderful, and you're having a great hair and butt day. And give yourself a great big, huge bear hug. I will see you again next time. Do you have a slow living story to share? Leave me a voicemail at stephanieoday.com forward slash podcast with any questions, comments, feedback, or testimonials, and I will be sure to include it in an upcoming episode.
Also, if you found value in this episode, please share it with your family and friends and subscribe through your favorite podcast provider. The more you share, comment, and leave positive reviews, the more people we can reach and share the slow living lifestyle and messaging. Thank you, Slow Down Society, and have an absolutely wonderful day.